This is Live Wired in Calgary. Finally, I want to share some stories that Albertans have shared with me through my Twitter account on acts of kindness during these extraordinary and trying times. Stories of neighbors taking the pet of someone in self-isolation to the vet so the animal could receive care. Organizations going above and beyond to help travelers get home safely. People taping drawings and paper snowflakes to their window to brighten others' days. And I want to thank teachers for their continued work in supporting students' learning. Others are simply reaching out to people who are struggling, whether it is online or over the phone. Albertans are responding to this extraordinary situation in extraordinary ways. Please continue to share your stories using the Alberta Cares hashtag. Continue to take care of each other and yourselves. The importance of self-care in these uncertain, stressful times cannot be overstated. Oh, how times have changed. Hi everyone, I'm Darren Krause, host of the monthly spoken word program Live Wired in Calgary, and I'm editor at livewirecalgary.com. Our show is done in partnership with CJSW 90.9 FM, and I'm recording the program in studio at the University of Calgary on traditional Treaty 7 land. I began this month's program with those remarks from Alberta's Chief Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Dina Hinshaw, because at this time of trouble, this time of pain, hardship, we far too often miss those wonderful moments in our lives. Yes, we're worried about our jobs. We're worried about our mortgages and rents. We're worried about whether we've left enough money in our savings to ride out this coronavirus storm. We're worried if there will be enough groceries, both in our cupboards or on the grocery shelves. We're worried about our kids' education. We're worried about our health and the health of our family and our friends. We're worried that every throat clear or sniffle coming in from the cold is a sign that we may have contracted COVID-19. On this month's show, I want to tell you that you're not alone in those fears. And if you hear the emotion in my voice as I talk, it's because I share those anxieties too. Having been through and covered the 2013 Southern Alberta floods, and the Fort Mac fires in 2016, you might think I would most remember the waist-deep waters in downtown or the carnage it left behind. Maybe the thousands of flooded homes and businesses. Maybe the charred remains in sections of a once-booming city. The spectacular pictures and video of raging fires on both sides of Highway 63 as people fled with their families. Those moments aren't actually what I remember. I remember the community cleanups. I remember the come hell or high water with the Calgary Stampede and how we rallied around it. I remember the convoys along Highway 63 to Fort Mac offering food and water and other supplies. I remember how neighborhoods and communities opened their arms to their neighbors and friends. That's what I remember. And I have no doubt that that's what I'll remember from the 2020 coronavirus pandemic. That's why we started the way we did today. 
We're going to remember all of those amazing things and amazing people who kept Calgarian spirits afloat during this tough time. In this month's show, we're going to play a couple of clips from people doing some cool things in Calgary during the coronavirus pandemic. I'll also get you up to speed on the latest in terms of support, restrictions, and other important coronavirus-related information. I'm recording on the Saturday before we are airing, so we should have fairly up-to-date information. Now, we won't be providing the latest statistics on the number of cases because clearly those are going to be outdated before we reach the air. All right, Calgary, with that in mind, let's get started. Check out Livewire Calgary on social media, on Twitter at Livewire Calgary, on Instagram at Livewire underscore Calgary, and like us on Facebook. As I mentioned from the outset, this show is going to be a lot about what the community is doing to come together during the coronavirus. Let me take you back to the start of this week, just as the gravity of the whole situation was setting in. I talked with Calgary photographer Neil Zeller about his situation. Essentially, he's lost all of his work and what he's doing to turn a potential negative into a positive. Have a listen. All right, I'm talking with Neil Zeller of Neil Zeller Photography. You can find him on Twitter at Neil underscore Z-E-E. Neil, uh, you took to social media right after the COVID sort of scare came, started sweeping across the world. Um, and you talked about some of the challenges of, of being a small business owner. Can you tell me what happened to you? Oh, yeah, thanks for having me, Darren. I tweeted out that um, I'd lost a bunch of business. I, in this COVID March 12th day, um, there was probably six, six emails in a row that I got canceling major events, major projects that I had lined up. Um, you know, as a photographer, I booked my schedule three months in advance, and uh, that three months has effectively dried up completely for me now. I don't have the means, um, you know, you know, to pay rent three three months from now. Um, you know, I've I've done jobs up until now. I've completed work till now, and I have that that income coming in. But my issue, and many others like me, I'm sure. Um, as we don't do work in the next week, weeks and months um, in these projects that have been cancelled, uh, our invoices and our future payments will dry up. And so I'm worried about myself and others in my position uh, in three months from now. Even if this COVID thing ends, um, there's going to be a pretty big gap of no payment for small businesses like myself. Right. And I mean, of course, layered on top of and, and, and maybe dovetailed with to to a large degree is that that big crash in the stock market. Of course, the the oil prices with the the war with uh, with Saudi Arabia and Russia over oil prices. I mean, especially in Alberta, it's it's taken a real toll. So we've got a we've got a number of things working against the average small business owner like you where, you know, you you rely on those contracts. Yeah, I, I, the contracts in the oil and gas industry, um, those tended to be gravy. Uh, where I've made my money is in the social services and the arts communities, um, events where we're championing each other. Um, you know, the mayor's awards, the uh, the report to the communities, the the travel Alberta events, um, the things that are have been holding up. Um, 
I guess the uh, social side of things. And I, I tend to be tied into that. Um, even, even charities like uh, YW Calgary had their Y Whisper. I worked that event. Um, so as far as the stock market and the big world crisis going on um, in in the economy side of things, that hadn't affected me as much um, until these events that are supporting these communities were told to end, told to stop. And, no, and it's nobody's fault right now, um, but we're – you know, for someone like me, I'm a sole breadwinner in the family. Uh, my wife works for me in my in my corporation that I have now, and to to lose that kind of forward income and is it's it's quite devastating to be honest. And, and the, you know, everything was anxiety ridden to begin with, um, but then to just take away any ability for me to earn a living um, just kind of throws that over the top. So I went to Twitter yesterday and just kind of spilled my guts and kind of a come to Jesus moment where, you know, guys, we got to support each other. Right. And I mean, that was the interesting part because I, I kind of followed the conversation. All of a sudden I started to see support uh, start to snowball for you. It was one person who said, Hey, I've got some work for you for, you know, I, I could sign you to a couple of jobs right now. Then somebody else kind of tell me how that's played out over the past 24 hours. Yeah. Um, I, I sold yesterday, $1,500 in prints. Wow. Um, it, it, that pays my rent, right? Like I, my, my wife took to Twitter today and just said, thank you, Calgary. Like we're, we're both overwhelmed with emotion. Um, with this and I'm one guy with a voice I have a strong Twitter following that I've built up over the years uh, using um, you know connecting communities and being positive and and trying to sort of be a, a member of society that people want to you know hang out with online I I don't want to take advantage of that in a way that I'm the only one getting support mm-hmm. so because my friends like my best friends the people that are my mentors and my colleagues and my you know even other photographers that i am in what we call co-opetition with here in calgary we you know my wife and i talked about yesterday and said we can't just sort of do this for ourselves um we need to um you know help build this entire community up because i'm one of so many that are in the same boat since that time zeller has been as prolific as ever Charming Calgarians with his photos on Twitter and his good spirit. But he also started something else really interesting. Their porch portraits. With many of our families spending a lot of time at home, keeping our social distance from others, Zeller actually invited people to reach out to him for these porch portraits. Or portraits. Get it? Zeller would show up and the families would pose on the porch and he would shoot from across the street and then provide those pictures to the families. Zeller's efforts are definitely something I'm going to remember. Now, we're going to go right into the next interview. This one's with Calgary social worker and Inglewood resident, Juliet Burgess. I want to play you a clip from an interview I did with her because she really kicked off this effort to mobilize communities in Calgary to provide a support network for those who are unable to meet their basic needs in the event of infection or isolation. I mean, I guess we might as well get right into it. Kind of, kind of tell me what what spurred you to start this. I, I guess this Inglewood COVID support system. <laughs> um, I think in times of emergency, we can 
we do rely on like all those systems that are in place, but we also have to employ like some of those community-based things that we don't like in in Western society typically do engage. Uh, it's it's like it's kind of what always has been done. It's what Inglewood did in the floods. It was super awesome, very similar stuff. And so, um, yeah, I think I'm a social worker, so it was it's part of uh, the job is sort of creating that community and making sure that people feel supported. And so, um, yeah, kind of was a thing I had time to do. So yeah. So take me through what you are doing. What like what are you offering to to people? Um, what situations are they in? Kind of describe that to me. Sure. Well, so right now we have a database um, that we're compiling of folks in the neighborhood that um, are at risk um, and are isolated and could potentially need help, folks who do need help right now, and then people who are willing to help. So right now I'm just compiling that information. Um, We're today just getting out all the flyers to everybody because there's a lot of folks who aren't on the internet and those are the people probably that need the help the most. So Mm -hmm. um, we're getting those flyers out and hopefully we get um, a few more people biting and calling and um, emailing me and letting me know that they could utilize some of the awesome like we've had an awesome response of people willing to help and offer things so some of those things could be um like doing groceries for somebody could be just calling or facetiming them and seeing how they're doing and um chatting about their day if they're feeling a little lonely or isolated and like we have some doctors in Inglewood who are around and they're not like ER doctors and they're not as busy as some of the other folks so they're willing to provide information and sometimes even like first aid just to lessen the burden on the health system and stuff like that so it so far it's going to be case by case basis depending on what people need but so far we're just kind of getting the information out there and hoping people respond. Burgess's efforts spurred community associations across the city into action. Neighborhood support systems have cropped up all over the place. It's actually been really amazing to see the amount of effort, amount of support that is going into putting these support networks together. That sort of support and effort is what people are going to remember. They're going to remember that community connection that helped them get through everything. That's what I'm going to remember. In the ongoing public awareness campaign to help stop the spread of coronavirus, the government of Alberta put out a new YouTube video over the weekend, Saturday. It actually came out just as I'm in studio here. And it features a number of familiar faces and familiar voices from across the province. I'm going to play the video. It's only a minute long, but I am also going to tell you in advance who some of these names are. Your job, as you listen to it, although you won't be able to see the pictures, is to pick out the following people. Kyle Meltingtallow, Blood Tribe, Chief of Police. Mark Giordano, Calgary Flame. Brett Wilson, Entrepreneur. Mike Green, Edmonton Oiler. Dr. Dina Hinshaw, that voice is probably very familiar with us these days. Danielle Smith, radio broadcaster. Jerome McGinla, NHL hockey star. Wayne Gretzky, hockey star. Erica Weeb, of course, our Olympic athlete. Paul Brandt, Leon Dreisaitl, Preston Manning, Rona Ambrose, Nahed Nenchi, Ryan Jesperson, Paula Simons, Brett Kissel, 
And who have I missed here? Oh, Don Iveson. Can't forget Don Iveson and Curtis and Brad Rempel. Have a listen. See how many voices you can pick out. Help prevent the spread. 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 Thanks for helping prevent the spread. Help stop the spread. Okay, so how many voices were you able to put pick out of there? Of course, there were a lot of familiar voices in there. Uh, if you watch the video, of course, there's a lot of familiar faces in there. They did throw a little bit of a, uh, a trick in there, the last person to speak. Not sure if I ever would have picked that one out. Uh, but still, have a listen. Uh, the message is clear, guys out there. you got to help stop the spread. you got to take into account your hand washing, your 20 seconds, uh, your social distancing if you are out and about in the public. We've got to take these measures, not not only for our own protection, but for the protection of others. We're going to get into a little bit more of that a little bit later on. Uh, but right now, we are going to push into what you can expect, um, what we've heard of some of the recommendations, some of the supports that are in place. Uh, we'll have that just in a few moments. Check out Livewire Calgary on social media, on Twitter at Livewire Calgary, on Instagram at Livewire underscore Calgary, and like us on Facebook. All right, in this segment, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of filter through some of the broader restrictions that uh, have been placed on Canadians. Uh, but then we're also going to get to some of the supports for, uh, like, from both the federal, provincial, and the city government. So let's start with the restrictions. Um, I actually have firsthand experience with this. Well, I guess it's secondhand experience with this. Uh, both my oldest son and my folks returned from international travel during this. And of course, they were required to self-isolate. You may recall that the government of Canada, in coordination with the United States government, they closed the borders to non-essential travel. Uh, of course, there are travel restrictions, and people have been warned by not only national officials, but by Dr. Dina Hinshaw as well, that the danger of taking international travel at this time is that you may not be able to get back, or should things get worse, you may not actually be allowed in the country. So heed those warnings. Along with that, of course, make sure that you're doing the 14-day self-isolation when you return from international travel. I know it's tough. I know that there are going to be family and friends that you just can't meet. Uh, my parents have been back and I have yet to see them. Um, I did see my mom on Facebook for a few moments or, or, or on FaceTime for a few moments, uh, but that's about it. I've only been able to text with my 19-year-old son. These are the measures that we need to take to stop the spread. Also, when you're out, if you're out and about and you have to go uh, grocery shopping or pick up a prescription or to maybe drop off something for a loved one who is in isolation, 
make sure that you're maintaining the social distance. It doesn't mean that we can't go outside, as Dr. Hinshaw has said. It's okay to go outside. Make sure that you are keeping two meters between you and other people. Make sure that you are covering when you cough. Keep some hand sanitizer with you so if you do happen to cough or sneeze or something like that, that you can immediately wipe your hands down. Again, these are the precautions that we need to take during this coronavirus pandemic. It's for the protection of everybody. It's for the protection of my family. It's for the protection of your family. The way this thing spreads is, 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 is crazy. It's, it's out there. And if you get infected, you know, I mean, you, there's a chance that obviously that you're going to spread it to, to all of the contacts that you know. Make sure that you're taking steps to do the social distancing. Of course, the hand washing. We go through the seasonal flu on a regular basis. Uh, so what do we hear all the time? Wash your hands. Wash your hands. I know it's not exactly how it goes, but the idea is, you know, take 20 seconds. Use a foaming soap. Make sure that you're getting all of the nooks and crannies in between all of your fingers and your fingernails and all of those things. Make sure that you're taking the time to do the proper hand washing, that really helps prevent the spread of these germs. All right, let's get into some of the federal measures. Um, a lot of people are asking for support. So I, I, I just want to say, first of all, that you can find all of this information uh, at the Government of Canada website. It is very clear and it is very rolled out and it, they provide all sorts of links for you to, to, uh, to find the information. But let's go through some of the, the top ones. I guess, first of all, um, as a parent, uh, child Canada or Canada child benefits days are going to be increased. Make sure that you you look into that. Uh, the emergency care benefit of up to nine hundred biweekly for up to fifteen weeks for those who who must stay home. Uh, there's going to be EI uh, EI relaxations. Um, there's going to be an emergency support benefit. There's going to be people who can waive for a minimum of six months a mandatory one-week waiting period for EI. There's mortgage deferral options. You need to contact your banks and make sure that you are taking into account uh, some of these things as you monitor where your budget is at. So again, a lot of these are available on the Government of Canada's website. In terms of the province, the province also has the emergency isolation support. You can find all of the Alberta government uh, recommendations and, of course, some of the supports at www.alberta.ca slash COVID-19. Uh, the emergency isolation support, as I mentioned, utility payment deferral. Residential customers can defer electricity, natural gas, those sorts of payments. Uh, we will get into the measures that the city is taking as well. Those can be put off for 90 days. Call your utility provider to help you with that. Student loan repayment deferral. I know that for a lot of students who may be out of work, maybe they have service jobs that are being shut down. This is going to be an issue. There is help available. Uh, what else do we have here? Um, I know that the province mentioned that they are working on rent supports. Um, the, there's been a lot of talk about how reluctant they are to approach these things. Um, but I do believe that there will be some supports for renters. In terms of the city of Calgary, uh, the city wants to assure people that the city's drinking water is safe. They are making sure that they are doing what they can to protect the essential services. Um, 
the city's water, wastewater and recycling customers will have the option to defer their payments of their utility bill for up to three months with no penalties or interest. Now, that money does get tacked on to the end of the bill, so just be prepared that that you're going to be paying those three months over the next six months um, if you defer it until the end of June. Uh, also, you'll be able to do you'll be able to take uh, measures with Nmax as well. Just contact Nmax. There are some changes in terms of city services. Calgary Transit Service is going to be reduced beginning Monday. That's today, uh, the airing of the show. Uh, check out Calgary Transit for the latest details on that. The City of Calgary's municipal building is also closed as of today. So they are, again, trying to prevent the spread or preventing the, the, the congregation of people in large gatherings. So just keep that in mind as well. For the latest, again, alberta.ca slash COVID-19. You can also find information at the Government of Canada's website and at calgary.ca. Let's finish up this show with a little bit more of the feel-good stories. I had the opportunity to talk with Paul Hughes this week. Um, it, this actually started as a result of a, a conversation he and I had on Twitter. Um, I'm a plant guy. Uh, we love growing our own vegetables. And I just put out there that, hey, um, me and the kids, we're going to go get some, or my wife and the kids are going to go get some dirt and some seeds. And we're going to start our spring planting already. Well, Paul jumped onto that and he said, hey, what about these trays? And I gave it a little bit of a retweet and Paul's like, oh my goodness, we got to do something about this. And he threw it up on Facebook and boom, this thing has exploded. He's already gone through 10,000 trays and he's ordered another 10,000 more. And all it is is dirt with some seeds that has a little bit of dome for kids. And the great thing is, is that not only is it, you know, helping secure some of the the food in the city, which some of us, who knows how things pan out over the, the coming weeks. But the great thing is, is that we have the opportunity to let our kids watch these things grow. I talked with Paul. I'll share with you just a few minutes of our conversation on why this has been such an interesting journey for him. So, yeah, we started to rip off a couple of things, and then uh, we threw it out, and a couple of people bit, bit, and then uh, the girl, my girlfriend said, maybe you should put it on Facebook. And we're like, yeah, maybe we can get about 50 of these out there. Literally, we were talking, I thought in my wildest dreams, maybe 50. And then something happened. I don't know what happened, but something happened and it just took on a life of its own. And I think, uh, well, of course, uh, T19 happened. I guess people were just, they're all at home. They're all talking to each other. This is a cool thing. Everybody's talking to each other on these back channels or on these social media channels within their community groups. And uh, there's so many community groups that are set up in Calgary now that they're all talking. So as soon as one mom heard, it's like, hey, did you guys know about this? And it just took off. Obviously, and we just kind of touched on it. There's there's kids at home. There's 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 fears, although maybe unfounded, of food security. What are you hearing from people who are coming to you, who are getting the kits? Is it food security? Is it kid sanity what is it yeah it's a bit of both uh darren there's um there's definitely a very real knowledge a very real understanding of food security because of the run on food people are talking about food and so that was definitely present the primary motivation was uh children being busy and something to do 
Uh, the learning opportunity said this, you know, the fact that it was free motivated a lot of people, but it was really a combination of let's do something with our children that's beneficial because people are scrambling to do something. And then also uh, a deeper understanding of uh, our food system and maybe some of the vulnerabilities within the food system. So, Paul, can you tell me what's like, like, what do people get in the kit? Uh, well, we give them uh, about 100 to 120 seeds. It's a mixed uh, bag of seeds, sort of like surprise seeds, uh, 10 different vegetables. And they get a tray. Uh, they receive a dome, which covers the, the keeps it, turns it into a mini greenhouse. Uh, most people got soil, but we had some problems with soil because it was frozen outside in big bales, and we managed to deal with that a little bit. And, um, yeah. Soil, seeds, tray, and a dome. Sort of like that picture I posted. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, what would you say about the about the response? Are you are you surprised, um, or do you think that this is kind of a it's a response that people have a that they they need to do something, or b that that oh god you know the 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 world is ending and i better make sure i'm prepared you know you know nobody was pessimistic everybody was really upbeat all right we've got 30 seconds to close up the show here real quick my thanks to paul hughes of course uh juliet burgess and neil zeller for talking guys everybody out there please stay safe wash your hands keep your social distancing and we're going to get through this together we will talk to you next month (laughs) 